0: Hello and welcome to the Comfort Connections podcast. In this episode, understanding home care benefits for veterans, we are joined by Micah Gibbs-Gonzalez, owner and director of clinical services, Comfort Care Rio Grande Valley. Welcome Micah. Thank you for joining our listeners today. Thank you for having me. Micah, can you please share with our listeners an overview of the homemaker home health aid care benefit and the typical
1: costs associated with this benefit? So the homemaker and home health aid program is through the Department of Veterans Affairs, and all veterans actually do qualify for it once they are assessed by their primary care doctor. They initially start by getting evaluated and referred to a Jerry Pack team doctor by the main source is going through their initial social worker that they're assigned to. Those services are free to the veterans and they provide in-home care for veterans at any age. They are caregivers sent by our company because we are credentialed with TriWest and the VA to provide those in-home care services.
0: Does the veteran typically receive a bill for the home in-home care services?
1: The veteran will not receive a bill. There is extenuating circumstances where it says they may have to pay a copay But the majority of veterans are copay exempt for these services. They can tell you at the VA and the social work team will be able to explain if there is a bill. But none of our current veterans and the majority do not have any bills at all.
0: Thank you so much for this overview. Who can receive the Homemaker Home Health Aid Care
1: benefit? So all veterans that are enrolled at the VA, their local VA will receive those services.
0: Micah, once it has been established that the veteran meets the eligibility criteria, what are some of the typical services that are provided for this benefit?
1: So once they're assessed by their primary care team and assigned to their now their Jerry Pack team, this is a team that goes through the assessments and establishes that they do need assistance with three or more activities of daily living. So that is the criteria. And most veterans do qualify because at some point they are gonna need help at home. The goal of these services is to prevent them from going to a nursing home or prevent them from having to be admitted to a skilled nursing facility, that type of thing. So we generally assist with help with meal preparation, bathing assistance, medication reminders, um, transportation and grocery services are some of the most useful services for our veterans.
0: How often are services provided once eligibility is determined?
1: So the actual Jerry Pack team and social worker, they are the ones that put together the need basis. Um, the program pays an amounts up to 20 hours per week, depending on the need. And so they generally start with between 10 to 12 hours a week. And then we will go back and establish with the social worker A good back and forth to let them know once we complete our assessment on our end, once the registered nurse goes in and completes the initial assessment, we can go back and discuss that possibly there is a need for an increase in the number of hours. We go in anywhere from two to five hours a day, two to five days a week, depending on the number of hours and the services that best help the client. Um, We have a couple that, you know, they only need help with bathing and light housekeeping and errand running. So they get between two and three hours a day, three to five times a week, the average. Um, I would say the average person is in the home for three to four hours a day, three times a week.
0: What are a few frequently asked questions you hear from aging services professionals, especially when making a referral
1: for a veteran in need of home care services? The main aspect for the veterans is how to get the services, how to initiate the services and deciding which company. So it's ultimately up to veterans. That's where we want to be the home care provider of choice for the veterans. And so providing going the extra mile and providing a few extra services, including our fall risk reduction, our assessments, our care plans that are tailored for veterans needs. So the veteran will go in and talk to their social worker and advocate on their own behalf. Family members can also set up telehealth appointments um, to discuss the need for help. Admitting to your social worker that you need help is the first step that the veterans do need to take. We do often try to advocate on the side of our clients also, as many of them start private pay. And then we find out that they're veterans during our intake, and they have no idea that they are eligible for this benefit. So educating the veterans about the benefit is crucial. So what we've done is we do have, we have created, um, there's, for instance, at our VA, every process at every VA is done different. So over the past couple years, we've learned greatly how to coordinate with the nurses that are assigned, and they will just send over they'll call first and verify if we are eligible or if we're able to take that client and we're able to have a caregiver for them and we always accept the veterans so if for instance the veteran goes into the va but doesn't know what company they want the social worker has a list of companies that are contracted with their with that va to take veterans so that's the initial process for a company you have to be certified with the VA initially. And so once they will then just select a company, but one of our biggest things we can do is ensure that we can staff at the times that the clients need the staffing. We've made big strides in ensuring that we can do even small cases that are two to three hours a day because that is what the veteran needs. And so we feel like we've become a go-to staffing agency by networking and talking to the social workers and talking to the nurses and ensuring that we make their lives easier in servicing the veterans so that they're happy with the care that they're receiving. If they're happy, then it's less work for the VA team and we will receive more referrals from the VA as we establish those relationships with those partners that refer them. The veterans also go in a lot of times to their veteran service offices that are located in each county and talk with them because they, those veteran service officers assist them with filling out paperwork as far as aid and attendance and also looking for this benefit. So we've developed a good relationship with the three counties that we serve in order for them to receive referrals. And oftentimes the veterans will call us themselves. um, And we will explain to them the process. Um, Our caregivers are our biggest referral sources because often they have a loved one. And they are eligible to take care of that loved one if that loved one then does receive services. So some of our own caregivers care for their father or their uncle. And then that's just basically the two main referral sources are the veterans themselves, um, the social workers and nurses at the VA, and then the caregivers.
0: Can you clarify? If a veteran is being discharged from a hospital or skilled nursing facility
1: to home, is the referral process still the same? process would be the same. We just need to ensure that we educate those referral partners. That's been our biggest struggle is making sure the veterans understand and those referral partners understand that they are eligible for those services. We have reached out and we continue to reach out to home health agencies hospice agencies and long-term care facilities to ensure that their discharge planners know to ask if they are veterans they generally don't ask during the intake hey are you a veteran so we found that our biggest struggle is letting the referral partners such as the social workers from the hospital and long-term care facilities know the client is eligible for those services
0: Can you please share important considerations that
1: aging services professionals can share with the veterans that they support? Just like any of the private pay clients that we do, we want to make sure that we let the veterans know that they are going to receive the same care that anyone that is paying for it with private pay. We want to ensure that they know that they are going to get a specialized care plan that they are going to have a qualified caregiver. The majority of our caregivers are actually CNAs. We prefer to hire a CNA because we do see the difference and we value the education that they bring to our program. But it also depends on the initial intake. And so a lot of, there's some of our veterans that really don't need the more, the CNA type. They just need more companionship. And so, you know, it kind of depends if they want an older individual. A lot of times they're not a CNA, but they've had a lot of experience meal preparation is a big one. So matching them with the correct caregiver is always one of the first questions that I discuss with them. That's why we're there. We want to make sure we provide the caregiver that matches your needs the best. That we obtain through our initial intake. So it's a very important part. And make sure that they get the care and let them know they need to have the care at the time that they need it. We've received referrals in the past from where they've Been with another agency and the main number one complaint is the caregiver did not show up and that is always going to be important to our veterans they've served our country and they need a caregiver to show up at the time that they need it and that's that's the main thing we point out and that's why we want to be their main referral source we will be there at the time you need home health agencies often struggle because they don't do just home care they do skilled services. So that's one of the biggest things we have on our side is knowing that we are just home care. So we're able to come from eight to 11. We're able to send a skilled qualified CNA or a very qualified um, home health aide to the home to do exactly what the veteran needs help with.
0: Micah, please share any additional best practice considerations to help ensure a seamless care transition.
1: The biggest consideration we want is Understanding that we need to start care pretty quickly. They often do not have time. They will be discharged and it is not set in there's no care plan set in place. Discharge planners do not often discharge the veterans home with the services they need. They might be still pending home health services also. And so they'll be sitting at home for a week. So even if the referral is sent to us, we need to make sure. We are able to start care that very week because they are home and they are waiting for those services whether it's generally there most of our veterans are cared for by a loving a spouse that is still taking care of them but they are also aging so it is important that we're there to provide the respite care for the spouse um, as as quickly as possible so often The assessment's done once the referral comes straight to us and we are able to reach out that day and get the RN assessment done and get it staffed within a couple days.
0: You mentioned earlier about the
1: RN assessment. Can you explain a little bit more? So we do the RN assessment prior to starting care. Sometimes it's the day we start care. So the registered nurse, whether it's myself or the other registered nurse in my office, goes to the home, completes the non-medical assessment, has a list of all the medications in case medication reminders are a big one. There's oftentimes discrepancies in the medications that they're currently taking and the doses. We found almost on every single intake, a huge discrepancy in the dosing and the medications because those veterans often see providers on the outside and then they also see their own VA doctor. So ensuring that we go through the medications is highly important during the intake. And then we can go back and talk to the social worker and the nurse at the VA, making sure that the veterans detail what we, what our caregivers will be do- doing during the time that they are there. That's the main portion of it. Um, and then every 180 days, we go back and do a reassessment. And that is, also pertains, there's a supervisory visit so that the nurse, it can observe the staff member that's caring for the veteran, um, we have the computer software has a program so we can make sure that everything's being done. We do follow up, of course, weekly with the stat or the veterans to make sure that they're happy with their services or if there's anything else that they would like to add to their care plan or changes that need to be made. That's important. Um, as you know, over time, changes occur. Um, we so if they're so every 180 days is a mandatory reassessment. But let's say if the veteran falls or goes to the hospital, we then do a reassessment upon discharge. So when they return home, the nurse does go out. It's usually the day of or the very next day just to make sure there's no changes to medications. Um, If it's due to a fall, we want to make sure we can advocate for them. If there does need to be an increase in hours, we will reach out to the social worker. And discuss and the provider send a message and let them know, hey, this is the situation. We are often more boots on the ground than the actual social work team. So they appreciate the follow-up. They are not there as much as our caregivers are. And so it does help them. It really sounds like this is a collaborative environment and that you're
0: working together to provide the best care possible for that veteran, correct? That's correct.
1: We are trying. It is a slow process, uh, but we've definitely ramped up and definitely created a much better working relationship with our social workers and registered nurses as time has gone on. Please share any resources for aging services
0: professionals to support care transitions specifically for veterans.
1: Definitely. So the VA has developed a really extensive website that does provide all of the information about their geriatric and extended care programs. Um, there's not just, this is actually one of the benefits that is called the office of community care. So we are a community care provider for the VA. And there are also, the veterans also have choices for even their primary care doctor or specialty doctor. So these websites that are available that we can add on, go over the entire home maker and home health aid program. It has a click through screen that shows you what it is if they're eligible for it and what services and then how to decide what program is best for them. There are several other programs on the system area in the, in the um, geriatric and extended care system that, and making sure that they decide which program is best for them. They do have a couple other eligible programs where the caregiver lives in house and it's a family member that would generally not be the referral would only come to us for another portion of ours, which is called a respite care. So they do actually have two programs. One's respite, which is relief for the caregiver. And then there can also be another program where the caregiver is a family member that lives at home. And we are then providing the relief if that caregiver needs to take a break or go out of town. So those there's a lot of programs, and a lot of information on the VA website, the geriatric and extended care, as far as finding the best community care providers Um, They also have an option to reach out to their local veteran service officers. Each county has a team dedicated to help guiding veterans um, to receive benefits and what they're eligible for. Listeners, we will have these links on
0: ComfortConnections.com that Micah mentioned. Thank you, Micah, for joining us today and sharing your insights with our listeners. Visit ComfortConnections.com to download complimentary resources, view our show notes, and access the episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. Thank you for listening and helping older adults live the best life possible.